Welcome to the Defining Leaders podcast. Defining Leaders was founded by the idea that together is better. We started as a virtual community that worked together to help develop and lift each other up, helping to boost one another's careers and make work a better place to be. We wanted to grow that community, so we decided to bring it here. I'm your host, Kristen Gupta, the connector of people. And this is Defining Leaders, where together is better. Welcome back to Defining Leaders, everyone. Today's topic is on virtual events that have value. And we are joined by Ben Zhang, Annette Conrad, Kurt Boxenbaum, Sheila Beekle, and Sarah Deacon. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Welcome. I love this topic, guys, because so many of us were thrown into this virtual world that we never really expected to have. And we dealt with it and we rolled with the punches, but have we really mastered it? Do we know everything that we should yet? Because the thing that we talked about the most today is that it's not going away. Uh, We're going to continue to have more and more virtual meetings, and we're going to need to continue to connect with people in a way that we never did in the past. So when we got started with this, a lot of our virtual events were with people that we already knew. But now we're trying to build relationships with people that we might not know, including sometimes new coworkers, including sometimes trying to train people that we've never met before or onboard people into an organization. And so virtual events have really had to grow with this change in dynamics when it comes to the business world. And so we talked about a few things today. We talked about some of the technology pieces, getting more value from our virtual events. And then we also talked about some connection pieces. So I'd love to hear from some of you what some of your takeaways were today, what you maybe learned and have some of our listeners maybe glean some information from that so that they can also better connect with people virtually because this is not going away. It's going to continue for years and years to come. So who wants to share first on what they got out of today? Sheila, go ahead. I want to start with the most basic thing and that is getting quality internet wherever you're going to be. Because if you do everything else right and you have crummy internet, it won't matter because people won't be able to see you or hear you. So start with a high quality internet that's reliable, except for snowstorms. It's it's Wisconsin. <laughs> Sheila, so. actually, speaking of which, one of the things that we learned was we had quality internet, but our router was inconsistent and didn't like oh. Zoom calls. So we switched our router and it significantly impacted the quality of our calls, because when we started defining leaders, I got kicked out of five to six meetings and I'm the leader of it. And we had good internet. So when we got a new router, it's never happened since then. Oh, that is, that is a really good point, Kristen. Yeah. Ben. One thing to keep in mind when you're talking about routers is they do wear out. So good point. even if you have a good router and you're noticing trouble, that may be the first thing to replace on your problems. And also update the firmware too. I don't know if you guys do that, but that's, you know, you go into the settings and you can update the firmware and that makes a huge difference as well too. 
Mm-hmm. Another thing, and this will be our last point on this because not all of us are necessarily experts, but we've become it. We have extenders and mine, it's medium grade, but it's called rock space. And my computer is actually hardwired into it in the room that I'm in right now because it's further away from my router. And that sometimes that can make a difference. Like one of our speakers at one of our authentic leadership events, his computer setup is too far away from his router. And so his internet speed is very slow and he had to move like right next to his router when he had the message. So how about on maybe some other technical aspects, but specifically in say an app or something like that. A lot of us use zoom or that type of thing. Ben, what did you want to share with that? Actually, I was going to go the other way. So if somebody had technical, uh, they could go, but I think one of the biggest things in this space is the intention of which the meetings formed. I think we've all complained about the amount of meetings that now hit our calendar because it's so much more convenient, but the ability to have one of the, like one of the most interesting points in the whole discussion was having an office chit chat meeting just to bring back some of that collaboration that happens around the water cooler, so to speak. And so um, having an intention within the meeting and having that expressed, I think is huge. So many of us have moved from most of our relationships with our colleagues being water cooler conversations to now most of our relationships with our colleagues being specific meeting for a certain purpose and not developing a relationship, therefore, because where do we really develop the relationship is in the water cooler conversations. So this one actually, Ben, came from me in today's call. I scheduled a time with one of my colleagues who's newer on my team that I've never worked side to side with in person and said, Kaylee, I'd like to get to know you more and just have some chit chat. Like when we're showing up to the office, we're setting back down our bags and we're catching up. And we scheduled a 30-minute meeting every day. And now we work together in such great harmony because of that daily meeting. So it's really significantly impacted our work relationship, but also how we show up and how much we enjoy going to work as well, now that we have that piece. You know, I'd like to chime in at this point just to talk about when you're on the side of hosting or facilitating a Zoom um, experience, if you will how important it is to understand and know your audience. So for instance, it's one thing to have a meeting or a conference with folks that you know, that you work with, but it's another thing when you have this group of people that now have gathered whom you've never met before. And now they have this expectation to be entertained (laughs) or to, you know, have an engaging experience. So with my events planning background and with me and my team hosting virtual experiences that are interactive, it is absolutely 100% key to know who is my audience, what is going to light them up and really understanding what I can do to make it fun and engaging. And so I love the word storytelling. It's so key to have stories to tell. I love the suggestion that came in um, out of the breakout conversations about using people's names, super important. It kind of wakes them up (laughs) or not really wakes them up, but you're personalizing it and you're making it special for them. So that is super important. So like I said, get to know your audience and curate that experience for that group. Yeah. End of story. 
Isn't this something that's nice too about having these virtual events where people don't have name tags that you have to squint to read? Their name is directly in front of you. And as the MC of the event, if somebody unmutes or if they lean forward or if they like try to say something and make a sound, a little yellow box comes up on the outside of them. So, you know, they're ready to talk and I'm, I'm going to call on this person. So it makes it much easier to actually engage if you're paying attention. But you as the MC also have to pay attention to that, too. When Kurt was talking, I, I think he has something to say, too. When Kurt was talking in the large group about having the intention for the meeting, you know, whether it's a one-on-one or a networking or a group event, and just how Annette described, you know, this experience, knowing your audience, having a engaging planned opportunity, even if it's, you know, just an outline or something like that. I've been running some group sessions the last few weeks that have been really eye-opening in my learning experience. And what I, one thing I really loved, and it goes back to what you were talking about, Kristen and Ben was adding that sort of chit-chat element to it. I actually like allow time in the first five minutes of a meeting to chit-chat. I think we, we do this in Divining Leaders a little bit and in other groups that I'm in. One of the first things I noticed when everything went virtual in 2020 was just how much I missed that chit-chat. So I do like, I love just having that sort of factored in at the beginning or at the end or both in a meeting. I think that's, that's really powerful because again, it, it gives people that opportunity to see, Hey, I have a question or, Hey, do you want to talk offline without having to send an email or type in the chat or anything like that? And that's something that really made it, made it feel more connected when we were all so disconnected and isolated. The parallel component to that, and you hit on this, Sarah, is it's factored in and time bound because some of us have maybe attended a meeting where there's that chit chat, or we've had a one-on-one with somebody where the chit chat is all there is, and there's no meat behind it. So I'm going to bring us back to the title of the session, virtual events that have value. This needs to be a meeting that has purpose, not something that could have been an email. And if it is a chit chat conversation, because you want to get to know your colleagues, know that that's what this is about. And both of you enter into it with this purpose, not I'm trying to reconnect with Kurt and all we do is chit chat, especially if you're a job seeker, that's not going to help you. Or if you're a coach that's looking to get new clients, you're not going to make a sale with that person if you're doing that, right? Kurt, you and I talked about this a little bit the other day with your book that I'm sure you're going to bring up in a minute, but Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what you wanted to share. Well, I wanted to say we were talking about different technologies and also different, you know, different apps. So we're using Zoom right now. But when I was working last year, uh, the company I was working for was using Teams all day long because part of the company was remote, part of it was there. And that's part of our world right now, as you pointed out. So I think it's incumbent on us. We have to continue learning and, and not be afraid to say, I don't know. So when someone says, hey, let's connect with this new app or let's do this, you have to be able to raise your hand and say, hey, I don't know how to do this yet. Can you explain it to me? Because when this all started, I mean, I was very naive to all of this. I did not know anything. And I took the time. I talked to people who did. I took notes and I just, you know, dived in and I made mistakes. But you pick yourself up and you keep going. So things like how to operate the controls, uh, proper etiquette when you're talking to people, all of the things that you would normally, that you've learned through your whole life in person, you now need to learn how to do that online. And I think it's it's really critical to take the time and also to have a hard talk with yourself and say, hey, I don't know everything. I need to learn. 
And so it's a continuous process, continually learning. So that's that's one of the big things that I got from you know this this past meeting. So that that was good, and I appreciate that. Absolutely, I love that, Kurt. Sheila, you wanted to add to that. I'm going to add to that what Kurt was just saying. Yes, you absolutely need to learn, but it also helps when you're a leader. And this, Kristen, this is something you're excellent at: is creating expectations. And in terms of creating expectations, this is how it's going to run. This is how it's going to be on time. So by creating those, let's call them house rules. By creating house rules, you create expectations. It becomes a lot more efficient. People know what to expect. They can relax into it, and they understand when they're able to talk and when they're not able to talk. Because communicating on a Zoom call or a virtual call is not the same as being in the same room. Because if everyone talks at the same time while you're in a, a virtual call, you hear nobody. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can create little things off to the side like you can in a meeting. There are no asides. So creating well, um, house rules. Oh, I'll, say, I'll say there two is things the chat. There is the chat, which is your aside. <laughs> so that's something that you can use, but you're right. You can't all talk at the same time, but do make use of the chat for the asides because it is a way to build relationships with people. And it's how Kurt built a lot of relationships when our group was first beginning. So that's important, but I do agree on the agenda piece. However, don't feel like your agenda is going to have to be figured out in the beginning. We learned a lot when we started our group on how that agenda would work. So we didn't set something in stone before we tested it. We had a couple of sessions and we got a lot of feedback from our attendees, but that feedback was through one-on-ones. So I had two or three sessions and then I asked people, can we connect and you tell me what you think? Because people are going to put certain things on a forum. They're going to tell you a lot more when you ask for feedback and are open to it. This is where our breakout rooms came from. This is where our structure came from of 20 minutes, not just 10 or five in breakout rooms. This is where some of our numbers and the chit chat in the beginning, like you said, Sarah, it's chit chat. It's not everybody introducing themselves because that could take 20 minutes and nobody actually hears each other. This is where some of our chat functions have come in is listening to the feedback of our audience in those one-on-ones. And that's been significant for our group and the longevity. We've now been at this for two years in March. And we're at this with as many people that have come through. For those of you that are listeners, we've had over 1,200 people come through at least attending one Defining Leader session. And we've impacted so many people's lives by helping them to connect for new jobs, by helping them to grow as leaders, by helping them to form a community when they felt alone. And that's one of the things that I love about our group, but none of this would have been possible if we made certain assumptions up front and only stuck to those. So yes, have an agenda, but learn what your audience wants in that agenda as well. So Annette, what was it that you were going to say? No, you sum that up really nicely. I can't tell you how important the post meeting or event exercises to ask, you know, if you're not having engagement, wonder and ask why. And it could be folks that don't return, you know, ask them why you didn't come back. It could be something super simple. It could be something a bit more involved. And then what better way to get your folks involved and feel like they're engaged post-event? Reaching out to people offline is really special. It makes them feel special. So you're going to hear a very common theme when I speak. It's all about making it personal. And it really is. It's making that person feel very special 
And like you said, catering to what that audience wants and needs. I mean, that is so important. Otherwise, you're not going to see that grow. And I mean, kudos to you, Kristen. That's amazing. And I am just honored to be part of this community. And I can't wait to be more involved. And and I gave feedback. I, I gave feedback. I said, look, Wednesdays at noons are not really the ideal time, but hey, I moved something around today because I love the topic and I heard the podcast and I am really going to make this a priority now because there is some amazing people in this group. So kudos to you and your entire team and, and your community. So thank you so much. Thank you, Annette. Oh, I love everything that you just said. So I, but then before I call on you and then we're going to wrap up, I want to share one quick tidbit. So we're talking about virtual events that have value, but I want to talk for a minute about connecting with your audience via email to have value as well. So most people don't know this, but for our authentic leadership and defining leaders communities, I'm reaching out to sometimes thousands of people to be able to share this information. But sometimes, and I hope often, you may feel like I'm reaching out to you specifically about certain things. And there is purpose behind that. I'm a literature major, and I learned a lot about writing for the audience when it came to that. I write an email, even if I'm sending this to a thousand people, I think of one person in my head first. So I think of, say, Ben, and I write that email to Ben, for Ben. And then I look at the email on a second round and I think, would this qualify for the audience that I'm sending it to, even if they're not Ben? And then I send that email. So that's why sometimes you'll get an email from me, even if I send it to 500 people and it feels like I wrote it to Sheila. And guess what? My response rate and my inclusion rate from my audience, because they feel spoken to, because they feel valued, is significantly higher than if you can really tell that I sent this to a thousand people. But in the end, I did send it for Ben's sake because I'm thinking of Ben. And that's the difference and that's the impact. Same thing for our events. I'm running this event for Kurt not for this whole group. I'm running this event for the individuals that I think of that I've connected with. And this is going to make an impact in your organization. If you're leading an organization, in your events, if you're an event manager, in your clients, if you're a coach, in your clients, if you're trying to sell them insurance, right, Ben? So all of these components are important is when you think of the person that you're impacting instead of just this wider range. So in closing, is there anything that you found significant value in today's conversation that you want to make sure when you think of thinking of virtual events that have value that you want to share? Ben, we'll start with you. Well, I think Annette summed it up and you said it beautifully in your intention of, even though it's a group of 30 people today, it still felt like it was one-on-one in many ways. It was just one-on-one, on-one, on-one, on-one. And I think one of the things that we didn't really touch on here, but we touched on in the group dynamic is, is the responsibility of the audience too. You know, making those follow-up emails, making those connections after these events is really where the value to keep that growth and momentum moving. So Ben, I used to attend a lot of networking events with my colleagues across the country in my last job, but we didn't see each other very often. We only saw each other six times a year and we got along really, really well. So when we'd attend these events that my company would pay thousands of dollars for, we would just hang out with each other and my boss would get so upset. So she told us, 
you've got to do something to get out there and actually network with the attendees. So I said, I do really well with competitions. So set me up in competition with one of my colleagues to get, say, the most business cards or something. And she said, that's a great competition to have. And I'll give whoever wins a $30 gift card. So we had a competition at, it's called NACE, the National Association of Colleges and Employers. There's 1,300 people at this event. And for me, that's a really challenging event. Even as an extrovert, it's challenging for me to connect with people that I don't know well. So I told the people that I knew, I'm in this competition with Amanda. Here's Amanda. I wanted to introduce her to you. And what we're doing is we're competing to see who gets the most business cards at this event. And they would go and tell people and they would go and introduce me to other people. One of them got on stage and said, see that girl in the back of the room? She's in a competition because I ended up speaking to a speaker to get the most business cards at this event. But when I reached out to people then after it, which is the key to this, I would say, hey, remember me? I'm the girl that was in the competition to get the most business cards. And it's memorable, right? But the reach out, it's not just getting the business card. It's the reach out afterwards as well, which is really valuable. So great point. Anyone else have one final thought that they want to share? Sheila. I would say to spend the time, learn how to use your technology and get quality equipment. If people can't hear you, it's going to reflect poorly on you quality equipment, and then just find out what the rules are, what the culture is. It's just like going into a new company or a new room or a new meeting. That's going to make you the most successful. Absolutely. It makes a difference. Even lighting, even your internet value, even your microphone, Sarah, we've talked about our microphones before. So all of these things are important because it's how people perceive you. Just like you would brush your hair before an in-person interview, you want to make sure that people are seeing and hearing you well. So great point. Great conversation today. You guys were at time. Really appreciate you joining us today. Join us in the future for our upcoming sessions on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our very first session on that topic is going to be defining these terms because many of us hear it again and again, but what does it really mean and how do we make an impact in this area? So looking forward to seeing you in the future. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for joining us for Defining Leaders, where together is better. Become a part of our community where you can find out more about defining yourself as a leader. The link to join is in the show notes.